Welcome to St. George Orthodox Church, Homilies and Reflections. Today's homily on St. Nicholas the Wonderworker, and that there are seven days on which to be set free. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Joyous feast. We celebrate our Father, the great hierarch and defender of the fullness of our faith, St. Nicholas of Mira today. And we can pray and ask him to intercede for us that we would be able to have some small imitation of his life in the way that we live. And so we sang during Orthros, sorry, Kenny, <laughs> we sang during Orthros this hymn at the end, the Doxasticon, which is the hymn that comes after glory. So Doxa, Doxasticon, the hymn after glory. Doxa is glory. But we sang, let us sound a trumpet of song. Let us festively leap and dance in gladness on the annual celebration of our God-bearing Father. Let kings and princes come together and praise him who by the power of a terrifying dream persuaded the king to release the three commanders unjustly shut up in prison. And this refers to when St. Nicholas appeared in a dream to a ruler who was going to execute three men, and he stopped the execution. You shepherds and teachers, let us gather and extol the shepherd who was zealous to emulate the good shepherd. So you see how Nicholas, in his hierarchical ministry, became an icon, a true imitation, an icon of the Lord himself in the way that he laid down his life for his flock and cared for the people around him and took from his own storehouse, you know, the own things, his, his own things, and gave them to others. You sick, praise your physician. We can think today, those of you who are physicians, who work in the medical environment, there's an imitation of Christ there, there's an imitation of St. Nicholas there. So let us praise our physician in St. Nicholas, but also continue to imitate him by the work that we do. You that are in perils, praise your rescuer. You sinners, praise your advocate. So this is a beautiful thing about a genuine hierarch of the church, is that he is an advocate interceding for the sinners He's the one calling out to God to have mercy. And he's the one cheering them on with every little step that they make. Even if it's so small, even if it's such a tiny thing, a genuine hierarch is an advocate for sinners. That they would move forward, that they would find freedom. Ye poor, praise your treasure. You that are in affliction, your comfort. You wayfarers, your fellow traveler. 
ye seafarers, your pilot, all men, as we extol the great hierarch, who with fervor everywhere anticipates our needs, let us say thus, O all holy Nicholas, be swift to deliver us from the present necessity, and by your prayers save your flock. Amen. We have this beautiful example in our father Nicholas. We have a terrible example in the gospel passage today where you have another ruler. You might describe him as being like a hierarchy in the midst of the community. And when he sees, remember how I just said, and how the, the hymn speaks of St. Nicholas being an advocate for sinners. One advocate for sinners, as soon as he sees somebody set free, is going to rejoice. He's going to know that there are not just six days of the week on which to be set free, but there are seven days. <coughs> Every single day is a time for people to be set free, to be released from their infirmities, from their bondage to sin, from their bondage to death. There is no limit. And if this ruler had even an inkling of understanding of what the Sabbath means, he would understand that it doesn't mean that you tighten your fist over things so that you can get more control. It's the exact opposite. The Sabbath is the day of letting go. The Sabbath is the day of being set free. The Sabbath is the day of surrender not the day of more control. It's the day of recognizing the reality of God's sovereignty in everything, everywhere, at every moment. And so we release our grip on everything that's going on. But now within our own life as Orthodox believers, we can certainly become people we're in the midst of a fast right now, right? Which ought to be a time, just like the Sabbath, of letting go, of surrender, of releasing our control, of submitting to obedience, of letting go of our own self-will and self-direction for the sake of surrendering ourselves to God. But frequently we turn it into the exact opposite. <coughs> we want to have more control over the details. We want to be more in the know. We want to be more in control. And in that case, our fasting becomes something that's sort of useless. If it's only going to be something that we can come to the end of it and think, well, I did pretty well. There's something seriously wrong. Instead of coming to the end of it and thinking, my God, my God, I have no other hope but you. And certainly this is the hope that we are looking for within this season, within this time. The hope of our Lord himself who comes to be incarnate for our salvation because he recognized the peril that we are in, the great storm that we are in, and that we are unable to save ourselves. 
And so he comes. And as we sang this morning in the Kentuckian of the Four Feast, he comes and he is willing to be gazed on. He is willing to be seen. He is willing to mingle with us and to live a life similar to ours. So that if there was ever any question for us about what the will of God is for us, for our life, for what we're supposed to do, we could look to Him and see. We could look to Him and see the reality of the will of God for every human being. Jesus Christ being perfect God and perfect man. And so now we can begin to understand, and I pray that during this, the rest of this fasting period, let us make it a time where we genuinely surrender ourselves to the will of God. And not end up like Jerusalem. Not long after this encounter, when the Lord heals this woman and sets her free, and the ruler of the synagogue is upset that he's done this, we hear in the Gospel of Luke the Lord's lament over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you to me like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. How I would have brought you close to me, but you would not. You were not willing. That happens, the Lord speaks about that shortly after this encounter. Right before this encounter, he offers a parable of a fig tree that is not bearing any fruit. And the master tells the gardener, just cut it down, because it's never going to grow anything. And the gardener says, no, let me fertilize it. Let me try. Let me try to, to, to bring it back to life. And then if it doesn't bear any fruit, we'll cut it down. Immediately after that, you see how the Lord is going into the midst of the faith of the people and makes this woman, straightens this woman, sets her free. So he's pouring out this grace like fertilizer into the people. And yet the rulers the hierarchs, the people in charge. There's no fruit there. They bear nothing. They bear no mercy. They bear no compassion. They bear no justice. They bear no understanding of the law of God. And so what can be done with them except that they end up getting cut down? Whereas there were many people there, as the Gospel passage this morning also said, they cried out, rejoicing. There were many people that rejoiced over all the glorious things that were done by him. And so maybe, may we be people that surrender ourselves to God and that rejoice <coughs> in his works in our midst, recognizing that we have nothing of ourselves at all in this life, and that every good and perfect gift comes down from our Father in heaven. Amen.
Thank you for joining us at St. George Orthodox Church Homilies and Reflections. Please be sure to like and subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Okay, goodbye. God bless you.